All right, welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Copeland. So thankful uh, that you made the time to join us wherever you're listening from. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share it with somebody else, let them know about it. Uh, all of our socials uh, at Red Pill Sports uh, on Twitter, uh, my Red Pill Sports at Twitter, Red Pill Sports Facebook. Uh, but we have actually our first guest that we have had in almost a year having the show. We've tried to have him on before and just we're not able to do it. Today's podcast is going to be about America or about football being America's game. I know we always hear baseball America's game, uh, but uh, we're going to make the case for football being America's game. And uh, I, I am just thankful to have a very close friend, also one of the sharpest minds when it comes to music, uh, history, and uh, and sports uh, is uh, none other than Charles Hames, who is the vice president of the Arkansas Country Music Awards, a phenomenal show uh, that they put on every year honoring uh, musicians from and in Arkansas. We're just so thankful to have Charles with us today. How you doing there, Uncle Charles? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir, man. Man, I've been trying to. We've been trying to do this for a while, and uh, had some technical difficulties. So through the uh, modern miracle of technology, here we are, and uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, and, and how this started, Charles, uh, I, I just thought about you and I talk about baseball a lot because it's your favorite game, and uh, I, I was thinking about, thought, you know, how did, how did baseball become known as America's game, and I'll let you talk about that uh, as you will or as you want, desire, uh, but I want to give the listener kind of a little context uh, that thought came to my mind, so I got to do a little research. Well, sure enough, uh, up until about 1964, baseball, when they polled the general public, baseball was uh, America's game. It was the most popular game, but that's changed. And as you made uh, mention the other day, uh, and we've not talked much about this because we wanted to save it for the podcast, that that has changed uh, dramatically and uh, kind of consistently through the you know last what uh, 60 years, and today I, I, I looked at a, a poll uh, yesterday actually, and I think uh, football is listed by fans as at 34% of fans listing football as their favorite game, 7% of fans list uh, baseball as being their I'm sorry 11%. Uh, list baseball as being their favorite game. 7% list the NBA as being their favorite game. And then the rest is spread throughout, I guess, you know, whatever. So uh, give me your hindsight, What, why you think maybe uh, this change has taken place. I think back uh, through the years, baseball was such a popular game for a lot of reasons. And you got to realize the NBA and basketball didn't have, but like eight or nine teams all the way up to even the early sixties. Wow. The, the NFL had an NFL championship, but there was no Super Bowl until the late sixties. Baseball played their first world series beginning 1903. And every kid out here, you know, uh, get a, get a stick and a ball and they'd play out on the, uh, you know, out in the cow pasture on a farm or vacant lot in the city or wherever, uh, baseball and baseball games was on radio daily, not once a week, uh, like football. And baseball was just a big, big game. And some, uh, if you notice a lot of your uh, sports personalities that would advertise for companies and things going back years ago, well, it was it was baseball players in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. And, of course, that started changing. You get to the 60s, 70s, moving forward, of course, back to what you're originally wanting to talk about. But baseball was just such a big game. And, and after World War II, you start from the late 40s through, through the early 60s, baseball was huge. People were ready to get back to normalcy. A lot of the – you've got some big-time baseball players – their, their major league career was interrupted because they went and fought in the war. Wow. And then they come back, you know. Uh, many, many talk about maybe that's why the St. Louis Browns, who's now the Baltimore Orioles, was such a surprise winner of the American League in 1944 and not the Red Sox or, or the Yankees in the 1944 World Series with St. Louis Cardinals versus St. Louis Browns. Very unusual. 
but anyhow, move forward. There's a lot of factors. Uh, NBA started adding teams. NFL had, you know, there was also an AFL in the '60s, mm-hmm. and in the AFL, they were the cool kids. They had the two-point conversion. They passed a lot. Uh, later, uh, ABA gave the NBA competition. The ABA, they were the cool kids. They had the three-pointer. They had the slam dunk contest. Red, white, and blue well, basketball. They sure did. Yeah. And uh, NFL, when they merged, uh, of course, it, they didn't actually merge until uh, after the first four Super Bowls, but then they merged. Uh, and three of the teams on the national side, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Colts came over to the American, where they still are. Of course, Cleveland moved and then new Cleveland today. But anyhow, Monday Night Football, uh, a commissioner named Pete Rosell, who who put in a lot of things that kind of helped popularize the game. Uh, There's just a lot of things that were done, uh, and it just slowly became became popular game. I mean, baseball really hasn't changed up until some of the recent rules in the last year or two. Baseball really hasn't changed very much in many, many years. That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? But uh, but football has changed. Football has changed, you know, uh, for you know, uh, for for lots of reasons. Football has just slowly, and you know, a lot of people are football fans because of college football. So on Sunday they they also watch pro football. Well, let's face it, college baseball is more popular now than it used to be, but College baseball season ends in June. Well, uh, you know, a pure baseball fan don't want their season to end in June. They want baseball in July and August. And baseball is very different because you've got all the minor leagues. Every major league team has, you know, three or four minor league affiliates all across the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not going to zone in and, and just watch college baseball for a while and then, then switch over and watch pro baseball. So college football is so popular that I think that has also probably uh, aided pro football to some degree. Wow. And it's kind of like uh, an insatiability or just an appetite for football, much like when a season's over, we're we're looking for more uh, typically. Uh, another thing I think that you brought up a great point. We, again, we didn't, we saved everything we could for the podcast and he would keep wanting to make a point and I'd say, no, 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 save that for the podcast. You see, he, he is a wealth of information was the amount of games played when you look at the, uh, and, and it's, everything's rule are driven by the ratings now, television ratings I'm speaking of, uh, and now clicks and, and, and shorts on YouTube and on and on. Any media exposure, I guess, would be a, a better way to say it. But uh, you made a great point at the day that football having, what, 17 games now? Uh, yeah, they have 17, and they, uh, what, as of the last two seasons, they've gone to uh, 14 teams in the playoffs. They take seven on each side. Only the team with the top record on each side gets a bye. So you really expanded – Man, you, you you bring up a fascinating point about that uh, baseball. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, especially early on was so popular uh, because a basketball and football was not nearly as widespread. Uh, you had it in less places, uh, and then also, I wonder. Also, I know as a kid, of course, we played football you know, uh, all the time without pads and stuff. But for a school to organize a football team, a small school, a a rural school, and we're, again, talking years and years ago, uh, I mean, you you get some gloves, and and a lot of times we played baseball with just our hands, you know, when we didn't have enough gloves. Um, You can play, if you got a stick and a ball, you you can play baseball. Football, if you're going to play organized football, there's a lot more to it. So as, as kind of people become more prosperous, uh, as uh, more funding for schools, you know, I think there's a lot of factors, uh, as you pointed out uh, the other day so well, that, that there's a lot of factors. But you, I want to go back to a couple of things you said there early on. 
And that was, and I think this is fascinating. People forget about this, but baseball was played uh, every day, professional baseball. Still is. Yeah, still is. Great point. Uh, Because there's so many games. But then you had it probably, I don't know when did it first start uh, being broadcast on the radio, but it was way back there, wouldn't you say? Oh, 30s, late 30s, I'm sure. So what I what I think what I hear you saying it seems like baseball maybe had a huge head start on football and basketball. As oh, there's no doubt about it. First uh, first World Series was 1903, and I mean although they did have NFL championships and the NFL was played going way back, you know there were there was no Super Bowl until what 67, 66 season January 67. Wow, so. And, and and the leagues weren't together then. Uh, it was just AFL NFL championship game. Uh, the leagues didn't merge until after the fourth Super Bowl. So I guess getting ready for the '71 season, uh, '70 season, uh, they 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 finally merged. And uh, and like I said, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, the Steelers, Browns, and Colts. Uh, because see, the the national side had 16 teams and the American side had 10. They had nine, but Cincinnati joined the league, so they that gave them it was 16 and 10. So they had to bring three to come over to the American side to make it 13 and 13. And that was the first time you started seeing, you know, like uh, you know, uh, Washington would play Kansas City during the regular season, or Dallas would play New England, who at the time was called the Boston Patriots. Uh, but you know, baseball is, is, is introduced interleague play in uh, 1997. Well, football introduced it way back then, and that and Monday night football, all of these factors uh, made uh, just one by one and over a period of time just amplified to to bring football up. Now, I don't think baseball necessarily. Uh, was worse in any means. I just think that football just passed them in popularity. I mean, 1981 was a little tough on baseball with the strike, but they bounced back from it pretty good. The strike in 94 hurt baseball more because they didn't complete the season and there's no playoffs or World Series. Do you think there's anything innately? I, I don't think there is. The more I talk to you and the more I hear you talk about this subject, when I first started, I started with a premise well, football's got a violent component, uh, you know, and, and people love violent movies. They love they that, you know, they're attracted to, you know, to action and, and even violence. You know, I mean, it's just uh, it, it's it's the human condition. Uh, but the more I the more I think about it, the more I hear you talk. I think it's really less about the nature of each game. And it's really maybe about. Uh, the leadership, you, you made you made a comment that I think is really revealing, and that is, you said you know baseball's changed very little. Which you and I, being more purists, because we're you're much younger than me, but me being an old guy is why I'm a purist. You're a you're a young guy in an old guy's body because you've always been a much very much of a purist as long as I've known you. Um, but uh, I wonder if it's not that football kind of changed with the times a little more than baseball uh, is, is some of the contributing factors. They, they finally did. They were, they, they were reluctant to do so for a while, but once they had competition from the AFL in the sixties and then they started the Super Bowls and then they finally merged uh, that really, uh, that really changed things because they were reluctant. They, they didn't want to expand and put a team in Miami. They didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to expand and, and put a team in Oakland that could rival San Francisco. They didn't want to, uh, you know, uh, put another New York team. Like in, in the AFL did all those things, Miami and Oakland, and they put the New York team, uh, in the New York Titans that later become the Jets. You know, they, the NFL didn't want to put a team in Denver. So a bunch of those owners got together and they formed the AFL. And, well, it had a rock'em, sock'em style. You know, man, they're passing on first down. They come back and passed on second down again. And they're going, they're going for two points. And, uh, it, you know, uh, they've got overtime. The game's not just a tie. You know, the NFL didn't add overtime till later unless it was uh, postseason. And uh, AFL, they were doing those things, you know. So really the innovation 
if you look at it, the innovation that was forced upon the, uh, the NFC uh, by the AFC, uh, which I wish then would have been the AFL uh, and the NFL. It, um, yeah, and it was then, but it's yeah, not now. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the AFL's innovation uh, really pushed the NFL to become in, innovative, where baseball really didn't have that. Uh, baseball's never had now that you we and I've never thought of this, and you might want to. Uh, you might want to talk about it, but if you look at the three major sports that we in America think of as three major sports, baseball, football, basketball, right? that base, uh, basketball and football have have had monumental changes due to competing leagues, and baseball's never had a competing league, or, or am I missing it? No, you're absolutely correct, uh, and, and I don't want to sound – I know I'm a pro baseball guy, and I love baseball, but uh, – I'm just going to be honest. It, it was designed as a beautiful game, and it and uh, it, it it didn't need any. It didn't need a bunch of extra this and that. Now, they've had some tweaking, not much, but in 1973, you know, uh, pitching was getting so dominant, and they uh, in the American League, you know, uh, score more runs, maybe make their games a little more exciting, and pitchers couldn't hit anyway. They put in the designated hitter, but, you know, it was going to be experimental. Well, you know, it stayed. It took 49 seasons before the National League took it on completely. Uh, interleague play came in 1997, and obviously they went by the rules of whichever club was uh, was a home team when you'd have competing leagues against each other. But, uh, you know, the designated hitter and, you know, and Baseball's just never altered much. Of course, they got the pitch clock now. You know, the last couple of years we've seen some things, and replays hit all of them. So that's across the board. But uh, I don't know that – you know, baseball's got the minor leagues all across the country, and AAA was in some pretty good-sized cities. So they had ball. So I don't know really how you would have put together a league that would have rivaled them, and it would have been very difficult to have gone toe-to-toe with 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 Major League Baseball. A great point. And now your American League, which you have, you know, uh, East and West in uh, in NBA, but you have American League, National League uh, in baseball. Ex- excellent point. I had that conversation with some the other day. Football in uh, baseball. Yeah, baseball has American League and National League, and they have teams from coast to coast in each league. Football has American Conference and football con- and National Conference, and they have teams from coast to coast in each league. Basketball, and we hadn't mentioned hockey, and we won't go on it too much, but I'll just reference it real quick. Basketball and hockey are alike from the standpoint that they have an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. So you're not going to have uh, two East Coast uh, clubs facing each other in the championship or, or you know, in the NBA, you're not going to have the Lakers and, and the Nuggets against each other uh, in the NBA finals. Uh, you know, you're not going to have Boston and Philadelphia against each other. It's going to be, you know, you could get some borderline ones now. You could get Houston versus Chicago and they're, you know, both in the middle. They could play each other in the finals. But the line is, you know, drawing uh, East and West. And that that's a good point. That's very different. That's, that's different. Because you think about, you know, uh, football has had some situations where uh, teams have been close proximity play. Uh, Giants and Bills played them one year, and uh, oh, let's see, they had a Chargers 49 or Super Bowl one year. And of course, baseball's had a lot of instances of, of teams nearby facing one another. So if if the uh, if geography drives the, drives hockey and drives basketball, uh, and we know that it was the uh, it was the merger that drove the American League versus or AFL versus NFL, now AFC versus NFC. So what was the premise? What, you had all these teams in baseball. What was the premise and what constituted the American League versus the National League? You was mean how any did type it? Of, any type of natural division that, that put – this particular team in the, in the American League versus the National League. That, that's a good point. Uh, when the leagues began, they just had clubs that signed up. You know, Cincinnati was, is always referred to as maybe the first professional team. They and they were National League. Uh, you know, you had eight National League teams and eight American League teams. And uh, without doing a little deeper research, I, I don't know that I, as much as I've studied and loved baseball, I don't know if I really got into – how this one became that one in the 1800s, because they also had an international league way back there, but it kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, and a lot of those towns later become prominent 
triple A, like minor league towns. And, but you know, 1903 was the first World Series. And then 1904, uh, and I don't remember exactly which side it was, but either the National League champion or the American League champion refused to play the other one. Uh, so there was no World Series in 1904, but getting 1905, there's been one every year except 1994. That you I you didn't know why they didn't, why they refused to play. Well, my understanding on why, what I said was, I don't really remember if it was the American League team not wanting to play the National League team or the National League not okay. wanting to play the American League team. But what it was, was uh, who one of them just didn't want to play the other one. You know, they, I guess maybe they felt they were superior and didn't want to play the other league or whatever. Wow. Yeah. But I'll tell you something else. I'm going to go backtrack on your original thing here. I'm going to tell you something else I think did wonders for, you know, everybody loves an underdog and everybody likes to, well, boy, things are changing. Look what happened this time. Uh, Joe Namath in the Jets beating uh, Baltimore in Super Bowl three probably had a lot to, to do with uh NFL popularity uh, starting starting to pick up, and then like, and then you know, two seasons later, Baltimore come over to the American side, and the coach and Jets have been on the same side since what 1970 and 70 or 71, I, I guess, and uh, and you know they played each other in Super Bowl three. I, I think I think that was huge. Yeah, just the market size of New York. Yeah, um, and then and then because see after that that was the third Super Bowl. Well, Green Bay had won the first two against Kansas City and Oakland. Right. And then, then the Jets win. Well, you know that. Well, that that wasn't supposed to happen. You know, well, National League still superior. Well, the next year Kansas City won, making it two for the American side and two for the National. Well, then they merged. Wow. Kansas City beat Minnesota in Super Bowl four, and and that was the end of the AFL NFL. Then they merged after that. Uh, Seventy one. That was uh, Stram against Lombardi. Was that? Was that? Oh, uh, let, let's see. The first Super Bowl would have been Kansas. That wouldn't have been 71, though. Uh, Green Bay and Kansas City would have been January 67. Okay. That was Lombardi versus Stram? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and Kansas City was originally in Dallas, the Dallas Texans, and they, uh, and they relocated. They with them, right? That's right, Lamar. Yep, they and they relocated in the in the mid '60s of Kansas City. Wow! Because the early NFL, the early NFL had two Texas teams. They had the Oilers and the Texans. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the Texans later became the Cowboys, correct? No, no, that that they, they were the they were national side. No, no, to, uh, Dallas Cowboys have been the Cowboys from the get go. Okay. No, the uh, the. Dallas had a team on the American side also, the Dallas Texans, and they relocated and became the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and now you have the Texans again. Uh, that yeah, that's yeah, that's a totally different franchise. Yeah, but took the Oilers, uh, right? No, no. The well, the Oilers moved. The Oilers moved and became uh, the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then later, Houston got a new team, a completely different franchise, the Houston Texans. I wonder why the when the uh, Oilers now Texans the Houston teams better way to put it <coughs> excuse me <coughs> why it was when it was resurrected why I guess there was maybe some ownership or or some rights why it was not renamed the Oilers that was such a natural well, for Houston yeah but the Oiler franchise and those colors and everything are you know that's that's Titans I mean they they still incorporate those colors. Yeah, I, I guess just that name, uh, you know. You yeah, and you know when Cleveland moved, when Cleveland moved to Baltimore, you know uh, there was agreement. You know, uh, NFL is going to ever expand again. They strongly look at Cleveland, and they uh, would be the Browns, and they would keep their colors and their history, you know, their uh, records and all that. And that happened there. So you know, there's obviously certain type of uh, different different things here and there. And I think when uh, when Seattle Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City, I think there's a, uh, I think there's some type of legalities there. If Seattle ever gets a team again, you know, they're supposed to resurrect the Sonics and, and move forward with that. Wow. Yeah, man, I could I could talk this stuff all day. I just I love it. I love the so I, I yeah, I think 
I think your average sports fan or, well, your pure sports fan, they probably don't like a lot of moving and shuffling of franchises. I mean, you know, okay, 1957, the Giants and the Dodgers both left New York and went and went to San Francisco and L.A. respectively. That was huge. That was big. Baseball's now, you know, on the West Coast. Major League Baseball's now on the West Coast. And uh, 58 was their first season. Three years later, Gene Autry, you know, and, and the Angels become a team on the American League. That gives them their first West Coast team, the Los Angeles Angels. And and then, of course, you know, it's just it's just gone from there. You know, later, you know, the A's move from Kansas City to Oakland, and an expansion. You you later get San Diego, and you know, it just it just continues to grow then. But uh, I. I think you'll find that sports will go through periods of time, and we're seeing that with college right now. We're really probably seeing too much of it in college now, but things will stay the same. Teams will be in the same town, and they'll stay the same for a long period of time, and I think most sports fans probably like that. Rivalries form. Uh, you know, you just get used to that and, uh, people like that. Then you'll hit a period where, where you get some shuffling around. And I can remember as a kid, you know, when St. Louis left, uh, when the Cardinals left St. Louis and went to Arizona in football and you, you start having some shuffling. It'll go on now and then. And, you know, what we're seeing in college sports now with these, some of these conferences, you know, getting near 20 teams and you've got teams, uh, almost coast to coast in the same conference, uh, you know, it's uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think uh, I think you got to be careful. You talk about how baseball, you know, maybe didn't move forward as much as football did. I don't know that baseball needed to back during that time. Football just got real popular. But tradition is one thing uh, as far as keeping it. But I think you've also got to, uh, you know, you, you, you got to be mindful of the times, too. And I think trying to figure out where that line is and where that balance is, uh, you, you know, is probably the, the key. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, replay, I'm, I I really don't like it. I think it slows down the game. I think it's – I'm the same way. Yeah, I think it's, you know, and, and again, I'm just kind of shifting gears here to, to the innovation. Of course, I umpired baseball 24 years, so I'm probably a little partial. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'll be honest. You know, I always felt that officials were part of the game, just like the players. And if official, you know, missed a call, he just missed it. You, did, yeah, you just carry on. You just you carry on. It, yeah, if you think about the missed call, it, it's if you can apply that to, to the judicial system, you can apply it to work. Uh, fair and unfair, that's really a part of life. You can't go back and replay, you know, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have done that. Uh, I wish, you know, whatever in, in your life. It's just, it's, it's not normal. It's not how life works. And yeah, it's true. It, 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 it writes a wrong, but, but we've all seen it where, the, the the play was actually pretty clear that it was a catch or whatever the case may be, and the replay didn't overturn it. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and then so you slow down the game for that. Uh, I just, you know, yeah, I I think all in all, net it's a net negative. Now, what what do you think about the shift in baseball? The or outlawing the shift? Well, you know. Again, you know, it's just part of the ball game, you know, and that shift is is not near as new as some people think. I listen to a lot of old radio broadcasts of baseball games late at night from all different eras, and I've even listened to games back in the 60s, one the other night, and I don't remember which two teams it was, but I was listening, and they were talking about how the second baseman was playing on the third base side of second, and they had three infielders over there. Well, see, this is not anything new. Okay, so it's, yeah. It's uh, but but it become, you know, it started happening more and more. But now I figure, you you know, my, my thinking is you put your filters where you want them. And, you, you know, to to not be grammatically correct here, you, the batter's got to hit the ball where they ain't. <laughs> uh, so I think you you really kind of you, you've enlightened me because I was thinking getting rid of the shift was actually t- hearkening things back to a better day. But. That's not the case, actually. 
No, you, you know, I just think, uh, and I realize decision makers have to make, uh, have to make rule changes or whatever they feel best. And I'll tell you something else. All these sports at one time, you have a commissioner and, and, uh, he says this is the way we're going to do it. Now that's the way you're going to do it. Well, now you got a players union, you got all these representatives and well, we don't want that. And well, we want it this way. And they all got to sit around, negotiate about it and talk about it and, and you know, and, and decide what they're going to do to try to keep most people happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your thinking on, uh, as far as, uh, again, getting back to innovation, uh, I, I think baseball probably definitely needed to be sped up. I don't know the pitch clock, but it's almost like you don't even think about the pitch clock after what uh, one season. It's like you, it, the game's what thirty minutes faster, and nobody even notices the pitch clock anymore. Wouldn't you agree? I, I agree with that, and they had been using it in minor leagues, uh, you know, even a couple seasons before. Uh, I I think that uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that snorted about it when it first happened, but it's. I, people don't hardly even talk about it now. No, you don't even, because it's out of sight, out of mind, you really don't even think about it. You had a few violations just the first, maybe first week or so. Mm -hmm. Probably the thing, probably the rule that I hear more people talk about in baseball, that I have a lot of baseball friends naturally, and uh, the rule I hear a lot of them don't like is probably the international tiebreaker by putting a runner on second base once you go to extra innings. Yeah, now I, I think there's there's a lot of uh you know I mean people today that okay we've seen it done in youth sports or girls softball or you know NCAA uh, women's softball yeah I think at one time they started doing that uh like once it got to the tenth inning I don't think they did the very first extra inning but anyhow it's been done here and there in some amateur things and I, so some people are used to that so they don't may not think anything about it but your a lot of your purest baseball fans. I have probably heard them complain more about the international tiebreaker than 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 about any rule change. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, man, you're you're paying these guys that kind of money. They're in optimum health. Mm hmm. Uh, and most extra inning games, I honestly don't know. Looking at statistics, I, I don't know this, but I'm gonna say that most extra inning games. Uh, some ended in the 10th. I'm going to say most probably ended about the 11th. If you looked at what inning the most end in and rarely did the game go past 12. Now, did games go past 12? Well, certainly every year you're going to have some 13, 14, 15, 17 inning games. Of course, you're going to have some of those. They play 162 games. Te teams are good. Teams are even, you know, you're, you're going to have uh, games like that. Uh, but now, you know, you didn't have an excessive amount of that. Most games ended from the 12th, from the 10th, 11th, or 12th inning. I, I you know, without looking at something, but, but I figure, I, I think I'm right on that. I, I don't think you had that many games that went 13, 14, 15 innings. Certainly you had some, but it wasn't like you had them every night when you checked the scores. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. An, an 18, 16, 18 inning, 24 inning game, uh, those are such anomalies. You're, you're absolutely right. I think you know, mm -hmm. 11 or 12. And now a pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters when he comes into the game. They, you know, uh, I, I've, uh, you know, you've got people on both sides of that. I probably haven't heard as much complaining uh, from my umpire or coaches or, or friends uh, on that one as I have the international tiebreaker. But that, that's another one there's a little bit of division on. Yeah, I agree. I think that one is uh, probably. Uh, personally, I like it the way it used to be. You come in, you got to face one batter, but they've got their reasons for doing it. But I like the strategy, you know, you're okay. You're facing a right-hander now, so you bring up so-and-so to pinch hit. And, uh, you know, they platoon players based on their placing, facing right or left hand. That's been going on for years. Some teams more than others. Some managers more than others. But I uh, reason why I love baseball is the strategy of it. And what I would hate to see is some of the rules start to take away from some of that strategy. And the minimum of three batters could possibly do that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just looked up uh, the average of extra innings. This is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Since 2012, there's been 1,200 extra inning games. Uh, uh, 
524 or 43%. Let's see, how many of these games went 10 innings? 43.7%. Uh, uh, and then, Ended in the 10th inning? Yeah, ended in the 10th inning. How about that? The very Almost first inning. inning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but 81.8% uh, ended by the 12th inning. Uh, yeah, that see, I didn't even know that stuff. That goes along with what I was saying. Yeah, because you didn't see a lot of games go up 13, 14, 15 innings. You know, again, sure, you had some that did. I mean, they play a lot of games. It's going to happen. But it didn't happen very often. 4.8% of games going 15 innings or longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you made a you made a really pretty significant rule change. Uh, or, oh, or, yeah. You, you yeah. Totally totally blew the game up after what is it after the 12th oh, no, it's no it's right it's right away it's right away yeah so i think i think you could have gone to that kind of like uh like the uh like cfb has done or college football has done with uh after the second overtime then you go to the automatic two-point shootout yeah I, I think it'd been better to go yeah. like after the 10th inning or after the 12th inning go to the second man on base uh, nobody uh, every pitcher has to face at least three uh, a minimum of three hitters etc mm -hmm. could have made it kind but, of incremental rather than just yeah of course that pitch rule that's that's throughout if you change a pitcher you know he's got to face three batters think about this think about if you would have said okay we're going to implement all these rules uh, after the 15th inning uh, so well, well, you might as well just flip a coin if you're going to do that. Yeah. Or you could even say uh, after the 12th inning, we implement the rules. Because if you do that, uh, you're at 91, about 93% of the games are going to end by the 12th inning. Mm -hmm. and, and with both teams having – I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, with both teams having a runner on second base to start the inning, you know, he's in scoring position, too. I mean, you can bunt him to third, and then you can get him home. Well, the other team may do the same thing, and they both scored one. we got to keep playing. Yeah, or, a, you know, a, a single. You, you pull the outfield, the guys on second base, uh, you, you pull the infield in. I mean, the outfield in, the ball gets over the outfielders, mm -hmm. the ball game's over. Or even if you got a really fast guy on second base, you get a ball hit to the deeper part of the field, between uh, the players, even though they get to it, that runner probably scores from second base. Mm -hmm. So it's really, yeah, I, I think that was one that could have really been rethought. Uh, but I guess they didn't ask you and me, did they? No, no. I probably got You're called. Not. I just didn't realize who was calling me. Because, you know, if it's not a number I, I'm familiar with. I, but, you know, there's always, you know, I umpired baseball at a lot of different levels, you know, a lot of uh, high advanced 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old baseball and even higher than that. But uh, I've umpired a lot of that. And, you know, different leagues would do things differently, you know. I mean, right. even this year, the Little League World Series, which is currently going on, they've gone to rotary batting, you know, instead of you having a one through nine batting order and having three substitutes and you bring them in, you know, whenever during the game, you know, they bat one through 12, you know, so, you know, every, every there's always little tweakings and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th this has been a fascinating conversation. I've, I, uh, and it's really enlightened me as far as, because I thought it was more innately about the games themselves. Uh, but you had to know baseball was so popular for so long. There had to be some oh, yeah. things that went above and beyond just the nature or the rules. Or the and it's still a great game. It might not be the majority of people's favorite now, but I promise you strategy-wise and, and, and such, uh, baseball baseball's a great game. Let, let's talk about that for just a minute, we'll, and we'll wrap up here. Because uh, you mentioned this the other day, and I didn't push back. I, I was just like, so let's think about uh, strategy. Because mm -hmm. baseball, I, I guess you could say, well, l let me back up and say, make your case for why you think baseball is much more strategic maybe than, than football or basketball. I think the game changes, uh, the game, the, the game changes much quicker on on decisions that need to be made 
football, if you're first and 10 and you throw an incomplete pass where you're second 10, you still got a couple more chances to get 10 yards, but you know, uh, you still, you still got the same distance to go to, to score as you were on the previous play. And, uh, the fields, you know, really hadn't changed from one snap of the ball to the next baseball, you know, you got a, a runner on first with one out and the score tied. Well, you know, he could get a ground ball double play and that, that, that inning's completely over. Well, if that pitcher throws a wild pitch, well, double plays off, at least a conventional double play is, and now runners on second base, the base hit breaks that tie. In one pitch, in just a few seconds of play, it changed the entire mindset of that, but the batter never did change. Wow. Yeah, that's a great point. And like but, but, I mean, you know, I mean, football's a great game. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not bashing any sport. Uh, and, and I know you didn't no. bring me on here to do that. Football's just gotten very popular. Uh, baseball is very strategic and thought oriented that uh that in itself might not appeal to just uh your average fan either you know somebody just going to watch a game now and then and this and that uh baseball really appeals to those people especially pro ball that want to follow their team you know every day that hard grind throughout throughout the season i feel like baseball is more of a um I think it's more of a family game. I think it's more of a. Um, yeah, and you got to realize too, you don't start the same five in baseball like you do in basketball, or the same eleven on each side of the ball in football. I mean, you know, you you've got a, a starting rotation. Uh, you know, uh, usually a five man rotation, and you know, a, a guy starts where he's not going to start again until you know almost a week, not quite a week. He'll start again, and. Depending on if you're facing a right-hand pitcher or left-hand pitcher, you you know your batting order will be a little different. Not just in the order they bat, but who's in the lineup. Some some teams, like I mentioned earlier, platoon a little more than others. Baseball's a long grind, so a manager you know from time to time is going to rest a player or two and, and let someone off a bench play and let a key player be a pinch hitter that particular night because it's a long season. Uh, it's just it's just a different game, you know. Yeah. Um, um, it's just a different game. Football's a good game. Baseball's a good game. They're just different games. Yeah, uh, and, and it seems like uh, that baseball, as I said, is much more, uh, to me, it's much more uh, family-oriented. I know, you know, my boys for years, we would go to the Rangers when we lived in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we would just make a, you know, entire day and night of it. Uh, we, even mm-hmm. You make a good point there. You minor leagues all across the country, and in between innings, they'll have a dizzy bat race down on the field, or you know, or who can throw an old wore out shoe the feathers and hit a bucket or something like that. And they get the fans involved and give them prizes, you know, from uh, local companies sponsor those games and stuff. And uh, you know, they all get a hooping and hollering and get excited. You, you see that. You see yeah. that. You know, I see it in minor league games often. Yeah, yeah, and I just I think the nature of the game being slower in pace and less intense, uh, it's you know it, it it's much more conducive to visiting and so forth when you're watching a game, wh- whether that's on mm-hmm. television or in you know live. So mm-hmm. I, I, and I and I've had a lot of people you know people know me know I love baseball and and. Uh, and a lot of people will say, well, I don't see how you watch that. You know, it just seemed like it's long and slow to me. I, I just, I guess I just have a passion for it. But I, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, we just had three TV stations and, and uh, one of them showed the Saturday game of the week and it come on at noon with the, uh, you know, with the inside look on what was going on and that week in baseball. And then, you know, the game started in about 1230 and every Saturday, man, I was right there. And then of course, Starting the first Monday night in June for about 10 Mondays, I think, you know, growing up, I can uh, certainly remember Monday night baseball. It wasn't throughout the entire season, but I think there's about 10 of them until football really got to going and Monday night football, of course. And and I, you know, and that's what we got, you know, until the playoffs, you know. But I mean, that's what you got was those games on regular TV. And, you know, later you get cable, of course, you know, uh, WTBS had Atlanta's games and WGN had had the White Sox and, and well, they had the Cubs for a long, long time. And then they started showing both. Another network had the White Sox at one time. But 
but unless you had that stuff, you know, and of course ESPN later started showing baseball, uh, but it was a while after they uh, ESPN formed that they started showing baseball, at least 10 years before they started showing Major League. And, you know, you just got what was shown and it didn't, I can remember as a kid, you know, I couldn't wait to watch Major League Baseball. It didn't matter which two teams. And I can also remember as a kid on Sundays, you know. Yeah, uh, you and I have talked about this a lot, but my favorite thing about baseball was. Uh, uh, you know, football. Yeah, my my favorite thing about baseball was the daytime weekday uh, playoff games, which is unheard of. Oh, in baseball, yeah. Baseball. Uh I'll never forget watching the uh, Brook, Brooks Robinson and the Orioles. Uh, and I can't remember who they were playing, but it, this was the, this was the, uh, the, the world series, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a daytime, you know, weekday uh, playoff, uh, our world series game. And to me, that was just, or it may have been a it may have been a playoff game, it may not have been a World Series. Yeah, because back then, you know, starting in nineteen sixty nine, baseball had it playoffs. You know, before nineteen sixty nine there were twenty major league teams and they were ten American and ten national. And whoever had the best record in the league, they went to the World Series and they started that World Series in early October. And uh four out of seven and that's it. So there wasn't even uh there wasn't even playoffs till uh, 69. They added four teams in 1969. Baseball went from 20 to 24 teams. The American League added two and the National League added two. And that's when they went to divisions. Wow. And they would have the Eastern Division champion play the Western Division champion. That was beginning in 69. So what you were talking about earlier was probably like a playoff because, and, and, and it was three out of five. You know, now to see who goes to the World Series, it's four out of seven. That started in 1985 because used to the World Series was only the, was the only series that was four out of seven. And so you would have, you know, uh, I mean, you think of it starting in 69. I mean, I can think through the years in the 70s there, they had some great playoffs, you know, some of those great matchups, you, you know, uh, various teams, you know, Reds and Pirates had some super matchups. The Dodgers and Phillies did to see who would win the pennant, you know. Yeah. Just a three out of five series, you know, and, and the Yankees and the Royals played each other multiple times over on the American League side. And, uh, but I mean, that's, you know, three out of five is a short series. That's pretty intense to see who wins a pennant. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Hey, would you, but talk- you know, now you got so many wild cards and this and that. And that's another, you know, that's another thing people today like it because more, uh, more clubs are in the race till late in the season. But, uh, you know, a lot of your peers will tell you though, you know, you really should win your division or whatever to be in there. You know, that, uh, wild cards, another one of those subjects you got people on both sides. Of. of course, it's been around long enough now. You know, I mean, football and basketball's had it way, way, way back, but baseball was, was the last to, uh, to, to add wild cards. Yeah. I've kind of got my own, uh, my own ideas about the expansion of playoffs. I, 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 I don't. I don't particularly, I'm not crazy about it. But. Well, you know, the NBA has 30 teams and they take 16 to the playoffs. That's more than half your league, you know? And I, so yeah, you know, I mean, we, we all know it's business. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, there's something to be said for, for the way things used to be done, you know, and you, you're never going to go back to the way they were, but, uh, uh, for the people that don't think baseball is exciting, though, they ought to go back and watch some of them games like you're talking about. Watch Baltimore Orioles and Oakland A's and some of those great teams of the early 70s and watch some of those postseason games. I mean, the the way the structure was guaranteed you uh, premium matchups in the postseason, you know. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm like you. I like the less is more the premium matchups. Well, what it does it puts more emphasis on the regular season. You absolutely have to be very, very good in the regular season. It's kind of like college football, isn't it? Uh, well, for a long time, college football, you know, before they start playoff, I remember as a kid, you know, you just had your bowls and uh, you pretty much had to, uh, once in a while, your national champion would have a loss, but they pretty much always were undefeated. You, uh-huh. you know, and you lose a game during the season, uh, your chances of winning a national championship years ago in college football were, you know, went, went down greatly. Now it happened some, 
but a lot of times, you know, uh, you'd, you'd have multiple unbeaten teams come New Year's Day. And depending on what conference they're in, they may not even face one another, you know. That's true. That's so true. But, you know, if you know, you go way back there. Well, let's just example. Let's say, you know, if USC was undefeated and Texas was undefeated, well, Texas was playing in the Cotton Bowl as a Southwest Conference champion back then. And USC was playing, you know, in the Rose Bowl as the Pac-8 and later Pac-10 champion. Or if Alabama was unbeaten, of course, they were in the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, or Oklahoma, Nebraska, they were in the Orange Bowl. So sometimes, you know, you'd have a couple unbeaten teams, and they may both just finish unbeaten. They certainly had that happen years ago. Wow. <laughs> they just didn't face, you know. Yeah, you just, sometimes you don't, you, you know, you don't remember as much changing uh, as it's changed because it's done so in incrementally. And then you, uh, as you said, you get so used to it. Hey, I want to have you come back again. Let's do this again sometime. All right. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. You did, you did an awesome, awesome job. And I'm sorry we weren't able to do our, we were going to do our, all the teams moving stuff. We'll get into that a little bit today, but we'll do that again later. Oh, time. Well, we were talking about some, yeah, I remember that. We were, yeah, I remember that. We'll sure. That. Uh, all the teams changing, names changing, and so forth. But uh, this has been uh, – how can people get a hold of you, Charles, if they want to have a question for you or whatever? Do you have an email or – Yeah, yeah, I get I get a lot of emails uh, uh, music-related, and I sure don't mind, uh, uh, you know, uh, talking sports. Yeah, it's uh, charleshaines at gmail.com, and my name is Charles, and Haynes is H-A-Y-M is in Mary, E-S at gmail.com charles haynes at gmail.com do you uh have any social media facebook page or somewhere where they could maybe hit you up there yeah i'm on facebook under my name sure am charles haynes and haynes with an m not an n okay h-a-y-m-e-s hey charles right. thank you so much for doing this today and we'll do it again really really soon okay all right take care all right take care man bye-bye bye-bye Hey, this has been the Red Pill Sports Podcast with Donnie Coven. Don't forget, we're brought to you by uh, Red River Auto and also uh, by MyPillow.com. Don't forget to use that promo code RED.